myself included. And to help us see things differently, help us walk differently, help us, help us behave differently, and to act more like Jesus, uh, and, and, and go to his word more frequently to find out how it is that we should live. I'm honored to be here, but I need you to know I'm a sinner. I struggle. I'm not perfect. I work hard every day to try to be the best father and husband I can, but oftentimes I fail. And I say that to say, you don't have to be perfect to be in a pulpit. You don't have to be perfect to be in the light. You don't have to be perfect to be a Christian. You just have to be willing to be used by God. And if you're willing and having the right heart, God can do all sorts of great things with you. Today, I want to bring to you the topic of living in the light. And I want to ask you this question before we get started. Do you know what the greatest lie ever told is? Just for a moment, think about it. What, what is the greatest lie? I guarantee that you have told this lie over and over and over again, and you haven't even thought twice about it. All right? I don't have a clicker, so I'm going to give a signal to say proceed or boom. Y'all recognize this right here? This is that, that screen that pops up right before you get that app that you really want, like Facebook, Instagram, whatever, they say, by clicking this, you have indicated that you've read this whole thing and you agree to the terms. And every one of you lie every single time. You know you don't read it. You know you don't. And if you do, you got to get a hobby, man. Like, <laughs> man. But the reason I bring this up is because of the fact that many of us don't read it and therefore we don't realize what we're agreeing to by clicking that button that says, I have read and I agree. Do you realize for a lot of the apps on your phone, when you click that button, you give them access to your microphone. You give them access to your camera. You give them access to know where you are at all times. By the position of your phone, Facebook knows if you're laying down or standing up, and they are able to track that information. Do you know that when you go and buy groceries at the grocery store that Facebook has partnerships with, they inform Facebook of your buying habits, which is why whenever you buy Tide, you see Tide stuff on Facebook. Y'all ever notice that? Y'all ever notice all you have to do is sometimes think about a product and all of a sudden it's like, well, how, how do they know? We gave them access to that tool and as creepy as it is and as scary as it is for us to realize we're given that access, odds are we'll continue to do so. You know why? Because we want the product more than we care about preserving the rights that we're giving away. We want the benefit of the product without truly understanding what it means to have it. Stay with me now, because I believe that there's a lot of people filling pews across this country that want Jesus, but don't understand the, the things that we're agreeing to, to have Jesus. They want the community, they want the fellowship, they want the youth group, they want Jesus, but they don't understand you can't have Jesus and don't agree to become a forgiving person. 
You can't have Jesus without realizing there's repentance involved. You can't have Jesus without giving up your freedom and your privacy to him. You can't have Jesus without walking in the light. It goes hand in hand. You can't have one without the other, but sometimes people want the product and they don't realize what they have to give up to have the product itself. What does it mean to walk in the light? If you look at 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, go ahead and yeah, boom, he's right on it. Yes. It reads this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. When we look at this passage, we're able to realize there are two things that come as a benefit of walking in the light. We have fellowship with each other through God, and we also have the cleansing of the blood of his son Jesus. Everybody sees that, right? But what is difficult to see is, what does it mean to walk in the light? That's just one of those phrases that church folk use, that sometimes we say it, we, we kind of know what we mean, but ask to define it and we might struggle a little bit. My simple brain, I need simple images. All right. So so bear with me. I'm supposed to be a grown up, but I'm a child at heart. When I think about walking in the light, my mind goes back to the best Disney movie that's ever been made. The Lion King. All of you 80s and 90s babies know that's a fact. But in this scene, in The Lion King, we have Mufasa sitting with his son Simba, and he's teaching him a lesson. And you guys probably know what I'm about to say already. Simba, I'm going to do my James Earl Jones. Simba, everything the light touches, I can't do it. Everything the light touches is yours. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. You can be in all of this, and when you're in the light, everything the light touches, you have fellowship with me, your king. You have fellowship with your brothers and your sisters and the kingdom as long as you remain in the area where the light touches. But what does Simba do? Simba says, I hear you, Dad, but there's fun to be had outside of the light. Y'all know the movie, right? And so this happens. And we have the situation where Simba ventures into the elephant graveyard. And it's all fun and games until Simba runs into problems. He runs into troubles. He has a situation and realizes he's not having to face the situation. If you could back up for me. He's really having to face this situation without the fellowship of the king. He's having to face this situation without the fellowship of his brothers, without the fellowship of his kingdom. And he realizes he can't do it alone. That's what it means to me in my mind, my picture, walking in the light. It's remaining in the kingdom. It's remaining in fellowship with my brothers and sisters. It's living a life so that when there is problems, when there is troubles, when I can't do it on my own, 
I've got my people that have my back and are able to help me. Maybe that description doesn't work for you. My mind also goes to this. I'm thinking about the, the children of Israel as they're leaving Egypt. And they have that, 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 that fiery uh, pillar at night. And sometimes in BBS, we can kind of think about, yeah, fire pillar in the light, da, 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 da. But have you ever been in the dark? And like, I'm a city boy. I thought I knew what dark was until I moved to the country. Like, not, not kind of country, but I'm talking about woods and nothing else. And, and, and one time, uh, a friend of mine said, hey, TJ, do you want to go hunting? And I went, sure. Yeah, take me hunting. I'd never held a gun before in my life. And he gave me this gun, and he put six bullets in it, and he put me up in a stand high up in a tree. And he said, stay here. I said, no problem. Uh, and then he left, and he went over a hill, and then I saw him again go over another hill, and then he was gone. And do y'all know hunting lasts all day? All day. I thought we'd be a couple hours, shoot something, go home. We were there all day and night. And the sun went down. And y'all, I've never seen darkness so dark before in my life. I couldn't see my hand in front of me. I was scared to death. He said, don't use the radio unless it's an emergency. I said, it's an emergency. <laughs> it's dark out here. And I don't know if you've ever, do y'all have screech owls out here? Have y'all ever heard of screech owl? I've never heard of screech owl. I heard of hoo-hoo owls. That's what, that's what the books always said. That's what my elementary teacher said. The owl says hoo-hoo. And so I heard, woo! And I got on the radio. I said, there's a white lady out here. She needs help. <laughs> and, and, so I say this to say, darkness is dark. And I want you to imagine being one of these people who have left Egypt and they're in the wilderness. No street lights, no lights anywhere else. You're just in the desert in darkness. And how fearful you would be without that fiery pillar, that pillar that gives you light so now you can see now you know where you're going. Now you're able to navigate through and, and watch your step. That light is where you want to be. You don't want to be outside the light because outside the light is danger. Outside the light is hurt and pain and fear. But in the light, there is fellowship because I'm with my brothers. There is safety because I can see where I'm going. And I know I'm under the protection of my God because I'm where I'm supposed to be. That's what I visualize when I think about being in the light. I don't know if any of those illustrations help you, but if they don't, it's a, it's a thing of beauty because Jesus gives illustration as well. And God's word tries to help us understand what it means to live in the light. In Psalms 27 verse 1, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life whom shall I be afraid of? I don't have to be afraid of anything because I have my light and I'm in it and I'm going to be okay because he's here. The New Testament declares this verse 
and I believe it so clearly to be true. If you look again at this next verse that we have in John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus assures us that he is that safety. He is that light in the darkness. And if we stay with him, it's going to be okay. But still, TJ, what does it mean to walk in the light? What does it mean to live in that light? At this very next verse is the end, the verse we started with. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And it's in the backdrop of this verse that I want us to look at a parable that Jesus taught in a new light. See what I did there? In a new light. Oh, man, y'all are tough. Woo. But I want you to look at a parable that Jesus taught in a new light. It's a parable that's often referred to as the prodigal son. I like to think of it as the amazing father, a father that loves his sons. And in this parable, we have a father of two sons. The youngest of those two sons decides that he no longer wants fellowship with his father and brother. He represents all of us who has at one point in time strayed away from God's path and wasted our inheritance. He believes there is joy to be had outside of the fellowship with his father and brothers. He believes that there's greater joy to be had away from the light. And he goes and ventures off to find it. And he finds that fellowship out of the light is fun and happy for a while, but that joy and happiness is temporary. He realizes that the bonds that he forms out there are conditional. Unlike the bonds that he had at home with his father and brothers, he realizes that in the world, outside of the light, away from his family, that everything is conditional and it was all fun and games until a famine hit. Trouble comes and he didn't have the fellowship that he needed. It was then that he realized how hard life can be. Church, do y'all remember how hard COVID hit us? Do you remember 2020 like I remember 2020? My mind often wonders how in the world did people manage outside of the light, outside of the fellowship of the church? Because where I came from, and I don't know about you guys, but when COVID hit and everything shut down and our elderly couldn't get out and go, it was brothers and sisters from church that said, you need medicine? I'm going to go get it for you. I'm going to drop it off at your doorstep. You need groceries? I got you. I'm going to go out and get it. I'm going to mask up. I'm going to bring you what you need, and I'm going to take care of you. We took care of each other during COVID. We looked after each other. We called each other up. It was that fellowship that got us through. It was that fellowship that allowed us to make it during the hardest times that many of us had ever seen. One of the hardest times in my life was when my wife got COVID. And it was after the big, the big, you know, the, the, the 2020, she got it earlier this year. And when she got COVID, I don't know what happened and messed with her, her, her kidney. And some things went wrong and she became septic. And she ended up going to the hospital and spending time in the hospital, two weeks in the hospital, two of the scariest weeks of my life. And here I was at the very same time that she went into the hospital with COVID. 
Her mother, who was our caregiver, who watched our girls, had a heart attack. And so here I was with a, with a wife in the hospital and a mother-in-law in the hospital and two little girls and a brand new job at Freed Hardeman University that I had started just days before. And I was wondering, what in the world am I going to do? I can't figure this out. I don't know how to get by. I don't know how I'm going to make it. But I have a sister that goes to church with me, Sister Julie. I call her the, the Christian gangster because she sent me a text message and she wasn't playing around. She said, TJ, you were trying to do this by yourself and you were going to fail. So I will have meals every day for you and your girls. One of us from church will pick your girls up from school and we will play with them until you're able to get off work. I'm going to make sure that things get done that you need to have done. I'm going to make sure someone's able to go visit your wife and you can't be there. I'm going to take care of it. And it was beautiful knowing that during the hardest time that I can remember, I was in fellowship because I was in the light that I had backup and people that helped me when I couldn't help myself. People that helped me when I was crying because I was stressed out, not knowing how my wife is going to end up trying to figure out how to do this little girl's hair that I just couldn't figure out. She makes it look so easy, but it's not. It's not easy at all. And, and, and something else that I realized, brothers out here, I don't know how your marriage works, but I figured out quickly that her 50% is bigger than my 50%. Because when I had to do her 50%, I was wore out. I learned a valuable lesson there. But the lesson I'm hoping you hear today is that because we have that fellowship that comes with living in the light, we're able to make it when times get hard, when times get impossible, because I was supposed to be broken then. I was supposed to not be able to manage. I, I, I couldn't. But I had the church. I had brothers and sisters. I had a bond that they wouldn't let me fail. That they kicked the door down and said, you will allow us to help you. And it was one of the most beautiful things that I'd ever seen. And it would never have happened had I not been in the fellowship of the church. I want to remind you, there's beauty in the light. And he finally re realizes this, this younger brother. He realizes that his condition He's only there because he's facing this famine without his brothers and without his father. And so he goes home, and that's the first step to walking in the light. It's acknowledging our sin and turning to God for mercy. And the response of the father in this parable is a striking image of God's grace and compassion. The father sees his son from afar and runs to him, embraces him, and kisses him. He orders his servants to bring a robe and a ring and sandals for his son to prepare a feast in his honor. And this is the picture of the mercy and love that God has for us. He wasn't a son with the asterisks. He was a son again. He was fully restored and he was back home. And that's how God treats us when we stray away and come back. But we have to first realize what we're missing when we're not in the light. And when we do, the father's not there saying, I told you so. But we have this elder son. This elder son, the more I grow up, the more I realize I'm him. I've been him so frequently in my life. 
And maybe if you're honest with yourself, you'll realize this too, because there's danger in being him. He complains to his father saying, look, all these years I've been with you and you've ne I've never disobeyed you. and You've never given me what you've given him. But this older son, get this, remained in fellowship with his father, right? Y'all with me, right? He remained in fellowship with dad. Amen. Oh, I just want to say, I talked to the elders beforehand. They said it's okay to say amen. I, I did check. They said just for while I'm here. But, in, but anyway, the older son remained in fellowship with the father. But his heart is what kept him from being fully right. Let me make that clear. He was with his father not necessarily because he wanted the fellowship, but because there was a portion of him that felt like if I make daddy proud, I'll earn this inheritance. I'll earn his favor. I just have to be better than that kid over there and I'll be all right. And I believe there's a lot of people in pulpits, not in pulpits, but in pews today that feel like they're good to go because they're better than somebody else. There's a lot of people sitting in pulpits right now that feel like if they teach enough Bible classes, if they memorize enough scripture, if they feed enough hungry, they can earn their salvation. And let me tell you, you can't do enough to earn it because it's so great. We walk in the light so that we can be in fellowship with one another, so we can help each other and do it for the right reasons and have the right heart behind it. To walk in the light, therefore, means this. We avoid the pitfall of having pride and prejudice and looking down on others who are struggling. Do you realize being in the light does not mean that you're perfect? It's, a, it's possible to be in the light and have a drinking problem. Amen. It's possible to be in the light and have an issue with saying curse words. Amen. It's, a, it's a possible to be in the light and struggle with pornography. Amen. Because let me tell you something, this passage right here reminds us that when we have our faults, when we have our sins, we confess them to God. This passage reminds us that none of us are perfect. And shame on the individual that looks back at somebody, at their struggles, and says, oh, you're not good enough to be in the light. That's not how it works. But thank God that's not how it works. Because if it was, I would have been done a long time ago. And if we're honest with each other, some of you would have been gone too. To walk in the light, it means we welcome sinners with the same joy and generosity that the Father showed you and me. It means to fellowship and to follow Jesus who said, I have come into the world as light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Walking in the light then is not a matter of legalism or judgment, but of faith and love. It's a response to the grace of God who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's a way of life that leads to real joy, real peace, and real fellowship. It's a journey that requires repentance, obedience, perseverance, but that also offers assurance of salvation and eternal life. Y'all, this light that we're walking in, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm blessed to be a part of it. And I know that you guys are too. This week, or this, this weekend while I'm here, we're going to focus on what it means to live in the light, to love in the light, 
to bring others to the light and also to focus on what it means to struggle in the light because that's, that's a thing that happens. And I'm hoping that as we study this together, our hearts and minds can be opened to the beauty of the light that is God and that we can be so passionate about sharing that light with others and making sure everyone realizes how important it is. So let us confess our sins. Let us receive God's forgiveness. Let us love one another and let us rejoice in the salvation of sinners. Let us follow Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life, and who has called us to be his disciples and to bear fruit that may last. May the light of his love shine upon us and may we walk in the footsteps, his footsteps all the days of our lives. I don't know where you are today, whether you find yourself walking in the light or outside of it. But if you have realized in your heart that you're outside of the light, there's no day like today to make it right. In a moment, we're going to have a song of encouragement. And I'm asking you to examine yourself, not the person on the pew behind you or in front of you, examine yourself. And if you have any need to make change in the way you've been behaving, the things that you've been doing, the conduct that you've been exhibiting, make that change right now as together we stand and sing the song of encouragement. as I was, weary and worn and sad, I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Behold, I freely down and drink and live. I came to Jesus and I drank of the life-giving stream. My thirst was when my soul revived and now I heard the voice of Jesus say, I am this dark world's light. Look unto thee, thy morn shall rise, and all thy day be bright. I look to Jesus and I found
what a great crowd we've had.